Hi, I'm Paul Stringfellow, and welcome to Tech Interviews. This week, we're casting our eye over HCI. So sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to uh, this week's Tech Interviews. Um, so again, this week, we're going to be taking a look at um, a technology trend, a, a technology trend that interests me and something I've, I've done a little bit on recently, uh, and looking at hyper-converged infrastructure um, and taking a look actually at spe- a specific platform um, and something that was inspired by a great series of uh, blog posts and videos that uh, I saw recently from, from today's guest. Um, so, uh, so, but before we jump into the topic, why not introduce uh, today's guest? He's returning uh, returning. Uh, I'm using the word guest a lot here, aren't I? He's returning guest to the show, uh, Rory McBride. Hi, Rory. How are you? Hi, Paul. I'm doing very well. Thank you. Good. Good to have you on again. And uh, so um, these um, these videos uh, we're looking at are talking about um, NetApp's uh, HCI platform um, and, and the blog post that you wrote. Um, so we're going to delve a little bit into that. But before we do that, um, why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself, uh, so what it is you do um, and, and where you do it? Okay. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Rory McBride. I work for Arrow ECS in the United Kingdom. I am a technical account manager over there who specializes in NetApp and NetApp products. I am, I've been there for just over seven years now. Um, I've been doing both the pre and post sales for a number of years, and I am happy to be looking more at the HCI product a lot recently than uh, getting out and about. Well, well, we love a, um, obviously, we work in IT and technology, so we love an acronym. Um, and obviously, I've, I've already used the phrase hyperconverged infrastructure, but, you, you know, you've you mentioned there, it's, it's, it's widely known as HCI. Um, so for people who are listening to this, uh, who maybe were a little bit like I was uh, not, not too long ago, um, not entirely sure what HCI is and uh, why, it's, why it's even a thing. Um, you know, what's your take on it? You know, how, how do you see HCI? What, what, what is HCI for those who, um, who, who may not be that familiar with it? Okay, I mean, that's a great place to start. I think HCI came about from people needing something that was going to be simple to, to deploy and to get them up and running. They didn't want to have to spend hours um, trying to figure out how to put things together. And I think, you know, some of the some of the offerings that are out there, you know, they've coined this HCI term uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a great place for, for people to start looking at for infrastructure for the majority of products today. Um, there, there are pros and cons with anything, um, so it's best to do your homework. But I think the, you know, the, the main idea to get you out there, get something up and running very quickly, you know, we, we're we always trying to shave time off doing different things, and I think this is something that uh, people have been wanting for a while when it comes to IT uh, hardware. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that's, that's grabbed my attention, and, um, you know, it's something that I've written about. We've, we've done a couple of shows recently on this idea that HI seems to be something that's growing in popularity, um, and I think a lot of that is potentially driven by uh, some of the smart software stacks that now seem to have a way of, of taking advantage of um, advantage of this kind of more simple, uh, simplistic way of, of delivering hardware. Although the hardware itself isn't simple, um, so I mean, but have you got any views on why uh, the HCI market seems to be growing in the way that it is? You know, is it just purely the simplification, or are there some other some other areas of value that you see? I, I think there's a lot of value. I mean, 
it's a bit like you know we call it a a phone now, but it's you know our phones are, are got to the point where they're actually you know pocket computers. I mean, actually, voice conversations are probably one of the least things that's done on the the handsets nowadays. And I think that's the same same thing. You know, people are looking at IT to do more things. You know, they want it to be the you know the backbone of their business, and they need something that's going to be robust. Um, you know, if you're going to be putting a line of business application on there that's going to be generating you money, you you know, you want to be able to sleep at night knowing that it's on a, a you know, a platform that's been proven uh, and tested. And if you're buying this, the HCI platform, you know you're getting, you know, a compute and storage resources that, are, that have been packaged by a single vendor to work together and tested at their factory. So, well, I mean, that's a, a good point, and I, and I suppose one of the things that is a, is a useful introduction, actually, for people is that when we talk about HCI, what, what is it that we mean? You know, you, you mentioned there about the idea of packaging together components. So, so what is um, what is a HCI platform? You know, what, what kind of components are we packaging together? Well, the majority of HCI platforms that we refer to um, are hardware offerings. But um, it's more a combination as well of the hardware and the software to get it stood up. Um, and, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't say, you know, the growth and use of VMware as a virtualization platform has, has led to, you know, this sort of consolidation of, you know, the amount of servers you need and, you know, you're, you're more worried about CPU resources and um, memory resources today. So, you know, they, they've done a great job of, of giving you the flexibility with, with the, the compute side of things and bringing in the ability now to to have an interaction with the storage platform as well is, is kind of the big piece where HCI succeeds. Um, you know, they, we probably jest a bit in this industry at times, you know, that, you know, when there's a problem, there's a lot of finger pointing. It's not the compute, it's the storage, and then the storage would point to the network and so on. Sort of, you know, it's not my problem. I think with a platform like this, you, you kind of start getting away from that sort of thing because they are known to work together, so you can rule out the fact that one is affecting the other um, for for a lot of the problems. Um, though there is there are still issues, and you still got to you know take into consideration the you know the, the limitations that you do get to with with the platform without you know properly sizing it, as as we have heard in, in from some of our customers that have looked at previous generations, previous offerings. So they, I mean, well, you actually closed out with, a, with an interesting phrase there, kind of previous generations, previous offerings, um, and you know, not looking to uh, you know, not looking to do a comparison here. Um, but I, I, th I think that's certainly something I've seen as well is that the, the, the way that HCI seems to be packaged and the market is moving seems to be changing and almost redefining what we mean by HCI a little bit. You know, so so, so how is this? The, you know, how is the the, the the more modern HCI platforms, perhaps like the NetApp one that, that we're seeing now, how do they differ from some of the things that had come kind of the, the version one HCI platforms? That's a great question. I think the, the move that NetApp have tried to do is bring the cloud closer to your customers or your, you know, the, your, your IT organization. Um, you know, you've got the, the the sort of there is a little bit of a gap between what you can do on a virtualization platform and what you can do in the cloud. And one of the things that people you know love about the cloud is the flexibility, the ability to grow and shrink on on demand, the quality of services that you pay for out there. You know the different you know precious metal tiers that you you might want to purchase and so on and so forth. Uh, and I think NetApp have looked at the those needs and you know people are spending money 
I think it's you know probably um, and a very high percentage of of IT budgets is going to places like AWS and Azure um, for their um, cloud offerings, and we need to have something as well that that runs in house for those applications that we can't put up there, um, whether that be you know due to some sort of re re regulatory need or um, just you know um, IP uh, as an intellectual property. Um, so they've gone with that offering that, that gives you you know those cloud-like benefits, but on on site. So you've got that ability to flex and scale on your own terms. You know you can with with this NetApp offering you can either grow or shrink your compute or storage depending on which one you need. Um, and, and you know they they grow to huge numbers. I mean at the moment you know you're limited um, by uh, 64 compute nodes, which is the maximum that VMware will support in a single um, vCenter cluster. Um, so after that you need to move to the second one or up to I believe they've tested up to 40 um, storage nodes running underneath as well, which um, is a huge amount of capacity when you start taking in um, global efficiencies. So this um, actually this flexibility around being able to scale compute and storage separately, this is kind of, this is almost one of the things that you're using to define a, a maybe a bit, let's call it a version two HCI box, because I think traditionally that wasn't the way, was it? I think if we were, you know, in, in maybe the version one HCI platforms, if we wanted to scale compute, we would scale compute and storage because we had to. Is, is that the case? Is, is that how it yeah. worked? Yeah, I think, yeah, there was, um, I think some of the design compromises they had to make to to get to market um, meant that they everything was bundled together, um, which you know suited a lot of customers when they began and they wanted to purchase. But when they needed to grow, things don't grow in lockstep, um, and and you know no two workloads are the same. So giving you that you know ability to be a lot more flexible um, also means then you get better performance, you better utilization, better consolidation. Um, that just you you couldn't do when you had um, systems that were kind of locked down like that. You you ended up paying for more of a resource that you you weren't utilising, or um, you know having to buy extra licences for something that you weren't making use of um, to its full extent. So um, I, you know, that, and I think that, that added flexibility. There's a couple of things you've touched on there. Actually, I think the added flexibility and this kind of um, maturity that we're seeing in software stacks like VMware's. Is starting to tie these two things together. I think to to make something that's a lot more attractive to a customer, to a business, you know, an organisation that's looking for. I thought it was a great phrase actually, that taking that cloud-like experience that you might see in AWS and Azure, um, and putting that on-prem uh, to give you the same kind of flexibility, same kind of automation, same kind of workflows. Um, I mean, is that the kind of thing that when you talk to customers that you see that it's that that experience that they want to be able to bring, you know, that, that simplification and automation stuff. Is, is that what's, yeah. what's driving some of this interest? Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, when you start getting into conversations, you know, after the first sort of what the hardware is made up of, you know, being able to say, look, the NetApp offering brings you, you know, guaranteed quality of service on your, your storage, you know, that's huge. And the fact as well that everything can be controlled via um, an, an API as well within the environment. You know, allows you to automate a lot of the tasks is is also a great plus. Um, I know it's it's an area that I've 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 dabbled in, um, not being on on the cold face as much as I used to, um, but you know it's it's that's you know that's a huge step as well the the automation side of things, um, and when you pull all of those together, you start seeing um, a lot better 
utilization of the hardware, which at the end of the day, you want to, when you buy an asset like that, it's for a job, you want to get the most out of it. Um, you, you know, you, you want to get your money's worth. We all do it at times. Um, and, and I think that's, that's where we're the NetApp HCI piece can succeed. Yeah, I think that's a, a really powerful point, actually, about that kind of, because the other thing that that idea of something that's API-driven that, that can be automated and is in a almost like a single controllable platform, you know, if we look at the wider issues of delivering more effective and agile IT, you know, let's tick off the IT buzzwords as we go here. Um, yeah, we've, we've got a little game going here, so we've got a whole list of buzzwords to use. Um, but, you know, we want those things, but we also want to be able to put that in a secure environment where our data is secure, where our privacy is protected, and being able to build that into something where we can build automation and control into that platform. You know, that's, that's a real powerful plus, I think, that, that, that uh, when we're, we're kind of coupling together our environments from multiple vendors, from, uh, you know, and, and trying to tie together lots of things, that just leaves the, the possibility, I suppose, of us not nailing down those platforms as, as much as we could. Um, and now, I mean, one of the things that, that kind of uh, wanted me to have this show and, and have a chat with you about this platform was this uh, blog series that you've done, which includes a selection of videos on how you actually practically build, um, and, and in this case, a NetApp HCI platform, but I, how you build a HCI platform. Um, and obviously, we're not going to go and repeat every every part of that. Um, we'll put the, uh, the link to the videos and the blog posts uh, in the show notes. Um, but maybe just as a quick kind of overview, you know, so, so if I'm, I'm going to take um, a HCI platform and we're taught in here about flexibility and simplification, I mean, how does this look from the time I take it out of the box? How do I, how do I put my HCI platform into, uh, in, into production? Now, why, why is this approach smoother, simpler, and, and something that's easier to do than, than maybe more traditional cobbling together all my favorite parts? Yeah. So the reason I, I, I wanted to put together um, that series of videos, and I've got, I'm, I'm currently working on another one uh, right here that will hopefully go up later on today, um, is that I... I wanted people to to actually get a first look at it. You know, it's it's a brand new product, and we have a lot of NetApp partners out there that that mightn't see one, uh, you know, in the wild for a number of months. But we wanted to be able to give them an experience that you know it was like they were there. Um, so myself and my colleague Alan had a um, frank discussion around you know how it was set up and so on and so forth. And the beauty with NetApp's offering is their NDE, the NetApp Deployment Engine. Just had to throw the acronym in as well, um, and it Get just takes. It's okay. Yeah, it takes you from you know when you get the hardware into the rack and you've got it cabled up, which you know there's a there's a nice little, um, um, I suppose diagram to show you how to do that and talks you through the different ways of cabling it up. And once you've got that, you fire it up, and you know within. 10 minutes, you've filled out all the, all the questions about how to configure the network and passwords and, and so on and so forth, and, and you let it run. And, you know, as, as we've said, you know, you can make a cup of tea, you can sit back and relax and, and know that it's following best practices for deploying um, your vSphere environment running on top of this hardware. Uh, well, I think, that, again, that's a, a, an interesting point, and I, and I think one of the things that... Um, you know, it was a real advantage around that. kind of for a modern data center is this idea that the platform itself is very much software driven you know it's the idea that um, you, you, you're taking your 
predefined hardware architecture, sticking it in a in a rack, and then everything on top of that is software driven. So does that does that allow us as well to build um, a, a process that is repeatable? So you know we've we've built one kind of one framework, one deployment method. Can we apply that deployment method then on you know on multiple systems? Is is that part of the attraction of, of this kind of approach? Yeah, yeah. So in in, in our video, we we've deployed over um, four compute and four storage. Um, but you know, in, in certain environments, they might have you know 16 or 20 um, compute nodes that they might want to get up and running. And, and having a repeatable task um, can lead to human error. Um, you know, you, you get you get tired. You know, you, you you miss a keystroke. You know, we're we're all infallible at times. And you know, it's um, it it just takes that um, pain point away um, by by standardizing and rolling it out. Um, from that day zero uh, and making it a success from from a best practice point of view um, you know and, and the fact as well you know I have to say it took us um, roughly an hour from you know powering it on to getting it up and running it's you know and as that was for our eight nodes but that could be 36 nodes or whatever all configured together um, so you've got that ease of and speed of getting you up and running and um, I mean, you mentioned there, uh, you know, part of that deployment engine is to uh, drop your vSphere environment on top of that as well. So, so is, it, is this kind of completely hands off once you've, you mentioned before, once you've answered this set of questions, it then goes away, configures the hardware, configures your VMware environment on top, puts all the plugins into virtual center, that kind of thing. Is, is, is that how it plays out? Yep, very much so. Um, and, you know, I was probably um, one of the late adopters of the um, web client for um, managing vSphere, uh, you know, working with it for so long, I was, uh, you know, happy to carry on with the C-sharp one and the Windows FAT client. Um, but it's, it's also helped to win me over because it's got it deployed in there. It's also got um, some of the management tools for from the storage perspective uh, deployed in there as well. Um, and it's, you know, it's got a couple of data stores ready to go. So you can, you know, click new VM or, you know, put it towards, a, you know, a, a repo to pull down your ISOs or your um, OVAs or whatever. And off you go. At that point in time, you're you're up and running. It can tie it in with a domain. You know, it's it really is a slick process. And um, I believe it's been updated again recently now to also include um, distributed switching and on tap select if you need that as well to provide file services um, within your environment, which is nice. Yeah, so, and I think we, you know, we talk a lot, don't we, uh, as we said at the beginning of this, the, the industry loves a buzzword uh, and we like an acronym. Um, uh, but I, I think one of the things that's, that's increasingly clear is that the idea that for infrastructure on-prem is being uh, the, the way we want to deploy that infrastructure is being hugely influenced by the way an Azure or an AWS you know, deploys its infrastructure in that we want to be able to request a certain set of things. We want that certain set of things to be able to scale up or down and, and you know and, and grow and perform in the way that we need it to. Um, and that's quite hard to do on-prem, but this sounds like, an, and this is one of the things that's starting to intrigue me around, around HCI. I think when we start to turn in what the likes of Microsoft and VMware are doing in terms of software stacks with what people like NetApp are doing in terms of hardware, 
I think we're starting to see those things marry together to give, as pinch your phrase from before, that that cloud-like benefit of experience, uh, bringing it on-prem. I mean, is, is that kind of how you're seeing it, that, that even in terms of longer-term management, we're, we're seeing a much more integrated software-driven approach that says, you know, you want to expand this, plug the hardware in at the back end, and the software will just manage everything going forward. Yeah. Um, as you were talking there, I, you know, the, the other thing we kind of haven't mentioned, but, you know, ties nicely into this point is the, you know, it it is now part of the NetApp data fabric, you know, out of the box. Um, we've got the, the ability to start, you know, moving data from our private clouds into the, the public and back and forth as and when we, you know, we need them so that the, the information is, is at the right, um, is on the right system for their job at hand at that point in time in its lifespan. Um, and I think, you know, the, the, the tools that are there are, uh, you know, allow you to, to manage that data very seamlessly, you know, with, with a few mouse clicks or with an API call. Uh, and you know you've you've got that confidence in in it being moved or it being copied or you know if it being snapshotted and so on and so forth. So it it's you know the, the the data fabric message I think is is a huge piece that you can use to leverage. You know this isn't a standalone thing from NetApp. This is just another way to look after your data to manage your data where you're concerned about how it's acting how it's been used and in a virtual environment. And, you know, you yourself probably talk a lot about, you know, the different hypervisors on a, on a daily basis. And, you know, that's that seems to be a, a table stake now. We assume people have that and are using that. And, and this is just a way to, to give you a better platform to run those on. I mean, in terms of um, longer-term running this as well, you know, I, I get uh, get the idea from the way you're talking that, the, the long-term management of this is completely software-driven as well. So that, you know, and actually in the, the case of this at the moment where it's, it's VMware sitting on top of that, I mean, is, is the entire infrastructure just purely driven through that VMware environment? So it's, it's a purely, if, if I'm a VMware administrator, I know how to manage my virtual estate, I can manage all the hardware components with that as well. I don't really need to know anything about the hardware underneath. Correct. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's an, in, they're, they're Intel chassis, you know, they're the stuff we've seen for a number of years. And, and all of the, the management functionality can be driven from within vSphere. You know, you, you go to your, your vCenter, it's added in um, um, a configuration and management plugin for the storage in there. So you can, you can access it, you can modify it, you can create new, when, you know, you want to create a new data store, you can, you know, you can call up the storage um, that you need. Uh, you can set the quality service on that and so on and so forth. And that's all done within the, the, the um, vSphere um, clients. So there's nothing new that you need to learn there. It, it follows the workflows that you're probably familiar with. It's got that um, VMware look and feel. So I would suggest that uh, if anybody wanted to try it, would uh, be to have a look, watch the videos. So, and, and just one last question, and just kind of on the, the practical management of, of this platform. So, if you know, we're talking there about um, how the things are software-driven, and in the videos, obviously, you've, you've built this environment. So, so if I want, then, you know, a big part of uh, this kind of cloud-like experience um, that, that that we want is that ability to make scaling easier. So, if we want more compute or we want more storage, that's easy enough to do. You know, so so what's the process for that with with these HI platforms? Is it just plug the box in and then let your software stack take care of the rest? Or, or is there more to it than that? So um, the the growth of the um, 
so if you've got one in and you know later down the line you want to add in some extra compute and so on and so forth it's just the same as you would um install vSphere um on on there today you know whether that be via um an iso or you know a usb key or whatever you follow the same process as you would and you add that in as a host um and again if you want to um scale up the storage you you know you rack it you power it up you give it some network ports it gets discovered inside the cluster a couple of mice clicks add in the disks add in the node and away you go um so yeah it's and the, the storage piece is is a lot stickier to add than the compute but there's a lot more that goes on with the compute as you can imagine to get it up and running you know you need to make sure that it's got you know the right version of the virtualization software on there it's got the right networking ports and v switches and all configured and so on and so forth so yeah um you've got steps there but you know it's it's pretty quick uh, and it's a process that a lot of people would be used to today um if they work in the virtualization industry so well i mean just to um uh just to wrap up uh, I, I guess and obviously we'll, we'll we'll put some links into uh into the videos and things uh, but if you was um just listening to this and thinking, well, okay, so HCI is really something I've looked at before, um, but but sounds intriguing. I mean, what what would be some of the things that um, if you were talking to somebody making kind of an IT strategic call, what, what would be some of the things that would go on in their environment that you, you would encourage you to say, well, actually, HCI might be a platform that's uh, that's worth you taking a look at. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's one of those offerings that sits, you know, in a great um, in a great space that you know you, if you've got a platform that's maybe aging uh, and you know you've got your storage is maybe three to five years old and your computer is two to four and you've got worries about support and things like that or interoperability issues or you've had just a, just a bit of a lemon running in your data center for a number of years and you just really want to get away from those sorts of pain points that that would be a reason to look at, at hci to begin with then there's the next thing of well i want to do something a bit different you know i i want to start looking at this next generation of data center i want something that gives me cloud-like functionality whilst living on my premises um, I want, you know, this guaranteed quality of service from my storage. I want to be able to control it all via an API. Then this is definitely a platform for you. You know, it's it's, it's those sorts of, of questions that we're going to want to ask people and get them to to you know explore with their their IT infrastructure and their IT organisations to see how best to fit it in. And you know, there's there's a lot of questions it can answer. There's a lot of places that would fit very nicely, but at the same time, there's still going to be, you know, the need for for other platforms. Uh, you know, if you have, um, for instance, let's say you, you, you've got something that's VDI, um, this will fit very nicely. But if you've got something that requires, you know, um, maybe something like content creation or a lot of graphical use cases, then this maybe isn't the use case for you. Okay, so um, well, I, I mean, to wrap up, if people want to do find out, uh, if people do want to find out more about HCI and the NetApp HCI platform in general, um, you know, where's some good resources that they can uh, they can go hunting? Yeah, there's, I mean, yeah, your your local search engine will will pull up lots of of articles and use cases for you to to have a look at. Um, as I say, I've I've been trying to concentrate on it with with my my blog over on WordPress um, uh, over the last few weeks. Uh, and months, there's been some content going up there. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, even just going to NetApp's homepage, 
I believe the, the last time I looked at it was a couple of days ago. The very first thing that greets you is, is the great big picture of the HCI um, system that you can click on, and, and you, get, you get plenty of information on there. Um, we, you know, we've got some good articles as well from from IDC, uh, and it, um, you know, makes a note of them launching into the marketplace. Um, so I'd have a look at that. You know, they they address the you know the main inhibitors to people adopting HCI, uh, where NetApp would fit, and so on and so forth. So that's that's a pretty good article there. Um, and you know, whilst they might have been late to to get into this market, you know, it's been around for a number of years. I think the fact that they've come with the a product that that's head and shoulders above what the others are trying to do at the moment is is kind of key and differentiation there is is going to be you know the lead to their success. Uh, that's great stuff. So Roy, um, and if people uh, want to ask you questions and maybe want to hunt you down on the uh, on the internet, um, where, where might, might let me try that again? Where might they find you? Um, yeah, so you can start by um, catching me on Twitter. That's at McBride underscore Rory. Um, Rory McBride at WordPress, um, and yeah, you can find me on other social media platforms as well if uh, time uh, allows. But yeah, just just um, pass a message over to me there, and uh, we can uh, we can talk a bit more about it um, if you need to. Well, that's great, Roy. Look, really appreciate your time, um, and so we'll put in the show notes uh, access to the, the blogs that you've written and, and the videos showing the uh, NetApp HCI deployment model and, and the way it works. So, um, but for now, th thanks for being on the show, yeah, and uh, thanks. speak to you um, soon. Yeah, no problem. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed that. For show notes, pop over to techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous Tech Interviews episodes. Next week, we're taking a look back at Vmon 2018 from Chicago. So, if you want to catch that show, why not subscribe? You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud and Stitcher, as well as all other good homes of podcasts. So, until next time, thanks for listening.